Hey, cake lovers, welcome to Let's Talk Cake. I'm Carrie. And I'm Savannah. And on today's episode, we will be talking to Pete the Mighty Baker. Cakes can truly just steal the show of a party. I approach mixing frosting the same way that I would mix paint. I'm ready to do more, and you do more. Send me your cake recipes, send me everything you have. I send me everything. You know, baking is, it's such a craft. All of your senses are involved, and it's such an expression, and it's cozy, and it's so rewarding. Honestly, I'm sure everyone has been touched by cake in some way. Hey you guys, thanks for joining us on today's episode of Let's Talk Cake, a podcast by cakers for cakers. I'm Savannah and I'm here with my mom Carrie and together we own the dessert studio in Utah. Yeah, and this week in the bakery, we actually had kind of a shorter week in the bakery. We had a few odds and ends earlier in the week and then the last part of the week we took a family vacation. We took our married kids and we went to the lake and enjoyed some nature and some beautiful views and some pretty water and it was really nice (laughs) yeah it was nice to just get away and relax and and sometimes that's needed and it was (laughs) it was good a lot of a lot of fun games and kind of a little family family reunion so yeah anyway a couple of weeks ago we had an episode where we were talking to Mariel from dessert and she was talking about social media and we we kind of joked about how our social media is Savannah posting and me doing the hashtags because she despises hashtags and um, so Brian from Brian Bakes Cakes actually sent us a message and had a really good pointer for us that we thought we'd share with you today. Yeah, so he mentioned that he has already typed up all of his hashtags and so he just has that in his notes app. And when he goes to post, he just copies and pastes that entire list that he already has. And most cake hashtags are pretty universal. Um, But if there are any other specific ones that are specific to that cake he posts, then he adds them in. But yeah, I think that is a huge time saver. And I think that will just like honestly change our life social media wise. Yeah. Mom, mom has been doing that a while now, and so she, we still have our little process where she does the hashtags after I post. But yeah, that if you guys haven't done that, or maybe that's a new thing to you, I would do it. I would, yeah, even even like just googling the most popular hashtags or yeah. or anything. But it really is so much easier when you can just copy and paste them and put them in one or two little changes if necessary. But otherwise, they're they're ready to go. My other daughter, who doesn't work in the bakery with me, actually sat down with me one night and helped me come up with a list of hashtags that we can use. So it has been a game changer. So thank you to Veronica and thank you to Brian. And we love it when you share little pointers like that with us or or your thoughts about things that you've heard on the podcast, because it really is it really is good to get feedback from all of you. So thank you, Brian, and and keep those comments coming. Yeah, for sure. But we are super excited for today's interview with Pete, the Mighty Baker. Um, He is a two-time winning champion on Food Network. And so he's just super talented. And it's super interesting to hear kind of how he's taken his love for cake into kind of a different type of business. And so we're super excited to learn more about that. And let's get him on. Hi, Pete. Welcome to Let's Talk Cake. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? We're so excited to chat with you today. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be on here with you. 
Thank you. Awesome. Well, before we get going any further, why don't you tell us how you came up with the name The Mighty Baker? Yeah, um, it's kind of interesting. I was living in New York City at the time, um, working in marketing, and I started baking just on the side, just for hobby, a little bit of stress relief for my corporate job. And for my birthday, my wife purchased a iPod um, and got it engraved on the back, Pete, the Mighty Baker. And she also started a blog for me. This was back in, I think, 2010, 2011. Um, and so that was her gift to me for Christmas, just of um, a place where that I could post some of the pictures of the cakes that I was making and those kind of things. Um, and it's kind of interesting because... You know, when it, when she put that on there, I was like, oh, that's kind of a fun, clever name. And then once we moved back to Utah and decided to actually start my cake business, I was trying to think up a name. And I was like, why don't we just call it The Mighty Baker? It's already there, and it's a great name. Perfect. Awesome. It is a good name. <laughs> it's very catchy. <laughs> very cool. Well, you mentioned um, you were just kind of baking as a relief and all of that. So why don't you just go into a little more depth of kind of just how you started in the cake industry? Yeah, totally. It's kind of an interesting story because, um, so I worked for my brother for 14 years uh, managing a couple of his delis. So if you're familiar with Gandolfo's Deli here in Utah, um, he owns a few franchises and I worked for him for 14 years and that's got, that got me into working in the food industry, um, primarily with catering, um, working with customers and I just loved it. And there was something about the food industry that I really loved. And while I was there, I started, you know, watching Food Network shows and getting really curious and in kind of the dessert realm. And it was kind of funny. I talked one of the guys that I was working with at the time um, at Gandolfo's if I could make his wedding cake because I was like really I was wanting to try to make a wedding cake, but I didn't want to just make a huge cake for no reason. Mm -hmm. And luckily, he him and his wife decided to take a chance and let me make it. And it turned out really, really awesome. And um, that was kind of the beginning. And I had made a couple cakes before that, but I really wanted to kind of try a bigger feat of a wedding cake. And it it turned out really well. Um, and it was kind of interesting because, you know, after, after that, um, I kind of went away from cake for a little while because I was in the process of going to college at BYU, trying to finish up my education there. And so I finished BYU um, studying in communications with an emphasis in advertising, which eventually took me to New York City, working at L'Oreal, working at Microsoft, doing some bigger corporate jobs. And during all this, during school and living in New York, I would make cakes and you know make um, different desserts and things, but I wasn't necessarily selling them to anybody. I was just kind of doing it more as a hobby. Um, and so it was kind of interesting. My introduction into it was kind of a little bit out of curiosity watching Food Network. And then as I would make some different desserts, I um, found I had some some natural talent for Eat. some of it and people really enjoyed it. So you you were baking for yourself at that point. At what point did you start doing it actually as a paid job? Yeah. Um, so while I was in New York... Um, I really wanted to go to pastry school when I was there, um, and I looked into a couple but decided ultimately that I couldn't afford it, and so I bought a textbook from a local school there in New York um, in Manhattan and taught myself through that, and as I was doing that, 
my, you know, my neighbors in my building that I lived in and some of the people that I knew in my neighborhood, um, I would share my desserts with them. And as I was sharing them with them, um, some people um, offered, oh, could you make a birthday cake? And so I just started making birthday cakes and little cakes here and there for people. And I remember it was at the end of 2012 right before we moved back here to Utah and I got a phone call from a lady um, randomly. I don't know how she, she found my phone number through somebody I worked with at Microsoft looking for a birthday cake. Um, And it actually ended up being for um, the son of the drummer of the band, the killers. And they were doing a little um, birthday party for this kid and having Spider-Man, like actor Spider-Man, deliver it to their hotel. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they wanted me to make a cake for it. And I was a little bit intimidated because I'd never made a big birthday cake, like a custom, like carved kind of cake before. Um, but I ventured and decided to make it for them. And it was quite the adventure. Um, I had to rent a car to go deliver it and park illegally in front of a hotel in Greenwich Village in Manhattan, hoping I wouldn't get my rental car towed <laughs> and ended up delivering the cake and it went well. Um, that was one of the, that was the time that I kind of, kind of clicked in my brain a little bit that like, I really wanted to do this as a business venture. Um, and like I said, that was shortly before we moved here to Utah and that was the, um, movie back here to Utah. Um, that was one of the main reasons we moved back here so that I could, um, start a cake business. Wow. Might as well start out big with a celebrity birthday, right? (laughs) Yeah, there we go. (laughs) That's awesome. So you came back to Utah and was it at that point that you opened a storefront? Um, yes and no. Um, so I moved back here to Utah in 2013, um, in January And the goal was to start um, the Mighty Baker and also um, to get a full-time job and a marketing job so that I could support my family, um, the wife and two kids at the time. And so when we came back here to Utah, I started the Mighty Baker. I knew that I couldn't open up a storefront at that point because obviously I didn't have any money. Um, I didn't know. I mean, I knew people in New York liked my desserts, but I didn't know you know, I didn't, hadn't fully tested my products, um, here in Utah. So the goal was, is to start a licensed home bakery. So I went through the department of agriculture, um, licensed our, um, home kitchen as a licensed kitchen, got a business license, um, and then started selling my desserts at the local Provo farmer's market. And we did that for 22 Saturdays, um, every Saturday in 2013, and selling our products there and also trying to get some wedding cakes as well. And that was great marketing for us. Not only did it help um, get feedback on what people thought about our desserts, um, but also it gave us some good opportunities to start getting some wedding cakes here in the Valley. Nice. Awesome. So how did it progress to a point where you decided to compete on Food Network? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I ran my home business for two and a half years. And after the two and a half years, um, we decided to open up a storefront location. So I actually opened up my storefront location before I went on Cake Wars. Um, so I opened up my storefront location in Provo, um, October of 2015. And it was right by the Provo Library. 
And just shortly after I opened, my wife reminded me of how much I loved watching um, all the Food Network shows. And, you know, 2015, that was two and a half years into my business. So I've, I had the opportunity to, you know, do a bunch of wedding cakes, um, a bunch of custom cakes, carved cakes. And so at that point, she kind of challenged me. She said, hey, you should apply to go on one of those shows. And my first response was, no way, I'm not going on any of those shows right now. Like, I need more practice. I'm not a professionally trained chef. Like, I would be going against some top-notch competitors. Um, but all in all, after all that, I decided to apply. And they con contacted me back very quickly, actually. And it was a little bit of a shock. It was like, oh, wow, they actually really <laughs> did respond after my application. And so then I contacted, well, they let me know I needed to have a partner to actually um, compete with. Uh, my wife does not do cakes at all, um, and so I needed to find somebody. And so um, there's a lady named Katrina Jones that uh, was a really um, great friend of mine that I used to compete with in cake competitions. And so I contacted her, and I had done a couple cake collaborations with her up to that point, and contacted her and said, hey, would you go on Cake Wars with me? And her answer was yes, thank goodness. And so her and I went on Cake Wars together, and... Our expectation was not even close to what happened. We went on there. We're like, you know what? This is going to be a great experience. It's going to be great marketing. Um, we didn't really expect that we would win. Our goal was to at least get past round one. And then we got past round one into the end of it. And then we ended up winning um, on Cake Wars that first time. And it was such a fun experience. It was so cool. We actually came and tried your winning cake flavor at your storefront after you won that. Oh, nice. Good. <laughs> yeah, it was good. <laughs> good. Good, good, good. So I want, I'm, I'm curious if you have any advice for any of our listeners who might be thinking that they would like to try to be on something like a Food Network show. Yeah. Um, I think probably my advice would be is don't be intimidated. Um, I mean even if people go on the show and you don't end up winning, it is, it's, it's very amazing marketing for your business. Um, you can, you can use that in your marketing, which is great. Um, I would say, I would say to anybody is advice is if you see an application online and it's a show that you're interested in and, um, you don't mind being in front of the camera, and you don't mind talking in front of camera and doing things when there's a lot of cameras around you, <laughs> then I would say that go for it. Um, that, that, that was the a little bit intimidating thing. Now that I've done it a few times, it's not intimidating as much. Um, but the very, very first time, it's a little bit shocking because, you know, they have, you know, anywhere from four to six cameras on you at all times and you're mic'd the whole time. And it's a little bit intimidating because you're timed. Um, doing something that you love and you're being interrupted often um, on answering questions and um, saying things on the camera and those kind of things. Okay. It sounds sounds stressful. <laughs> Very stressful. <laughs> but that's awesome that you went into it just wanting the experience and you won. That is, that's so exciting. <laughs> so how many, how many television competitions have you been on? 
So I've actually been on three. So I was on Cake Wars that first time, and the theme was Halo. So um, if any of your listeners want to watch those, you can look them up pretty easy online. Okay. Um, so Halo was the theme of the first one. And then later that year, they invited us to come back on Cake Wars a second time. And we went back for a winners versus winners competition. Um, and that was Power Rangers. Um, the funny preface to this, actually, just a quick little story, is they actually contacted us on December 14th. Um, and they told us that we would be flying out the next day. And that they so they were... The reason why it was the next day is they were actually had us on a list for a later competition, but they had one of their teams have to drop out for emergency sake. And so the producer called us and said, Hey, we have an empty spot on a team. If you can, if you and Katrina could come down, that would be awesome. And so we hopped on an airplane the next day, um, filmed Cake Wars, um, and ended up winning a second time as well. Um, With no notice. That was an amazing opportunity. That was super, super fun. Um, and they didn't tell us that it was a winners versus winners competition until we got down to LA. So once we got down there, it was a little bit intimidating hearing that we were going to be competing against um, other past winners. Um, so we went on that second time. That was 2017. Um, and then just this last year, um, I competed myself, um, not with Katrina, just myself on um, Food Network's Halloween Baking Championship. Um, I did not win that, but I made it through all six episodes. It's a uh, baking show where there's eight competitors, and every episode, um, one person gets sent home. So I made it through all six episodes to the final three, but then ended up not winning in the end. So when it's a several-episode run like that, do they actually do it? Is it consolidated into a short period of time where you're baking like regularly, and then they just show it every week, or do you go back and forth weekly? No, you don't go back and forth. Um, it's a two-week film commitment. So okay. it was actually so it was 16 days, so just over two weeks, 16 days film commitment um, down in L.A. And they film most days. We had like a three- or four-day break, but basically they'll film like a whole episode in a day or two, and then they'll do the interviews that are attached to that. And then um, so you do, you do all the filming all together, and then they air them all a right. week apart from each other. And I've always wondered – how much notice now, obviously the one where you had one day notice, um, that would be different. But when there's a theme like Halo or Power Rangers, do you know in advance what the theme is going to be? Or do you have to come up with your design on the spot? You know, you, you can't, um, yeah, you can't come up with it before. Um, they don't tell you, they don't tell you the actual theme um, until you're down there. And they don't give you very much time either. Wow. Um, for it. Um, And I know some of the competitions are different. um, But I know that with with those ones, they don't give you much time. The only thing is, though, is they do give you a little bit of time to think about it before the clock starts ticking. So it's not like, it's not like right on, right on camera that they're like, this is it, go. And so they do give you a little bit of time to to think over your thought. But honestly, though, it's really not very much. And that's very intimidating. So luckily, you must have known something about Halo. I would have been in big (laughs) trouble. (laughs) I played it a lot when I was a kid. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Life preparation, I guess, huh? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So already over... Over this time, you've accomplished a lot, but why don't you talk to us a little bit more about your endeavor right now, the Kate Creation Studio? 
Yeah, um, just a little bit of a preface to that. So um, I, as you probably know, I no longer have my storefront um, in Provo. Um, I closed that and decided to close that at the end of 2018. Um, unfortunately, 2018 was a pretty rough year for my business, um, which I guess that's a good insight um, for a podcast like this too, is that as we're running cake businesses, um, you're always going to hit snags, you're always going to hit challenges, and sometimes you have to pivot to change your business a little bit to make it successful. Um, and unfortunately, in 2018, a lot of the construction in Utah County for the UTA um, bus route there um, actually really hurt our business. Um, our in-store business went down quite far, um, and it sounds like you came to my shop and the parking situation there was never good. And they also let me know that they were going to be taking away any of my street parking and putting in bike lanes in future years too. So kind of a combination of things. Um, And so I decided not to re-sign my lease. And shortly before that, um, actually a year previous to that, 2017, I had this idea for a do-it-yourself cake studio. Um, and it was this idea that was in the back of my mind for quite a long time and was meaning to do it in addition to my storefront. But then, um, as you know, running cake businesses, any food related business, it's not, it's very much of a time. Um, it takes up a lot of time to run a business and to do cakes. And so I never had a chance to do that. Um, but when we closed down my shop, one of my goals was, is to, to spend the year of 2019, um, rebuilding, Um, rebranding and kind of restructuring my business into this new um, do-it-yourself cake um, studio. So um, it was kind of interesting. The idea came to me, like I said, in 2017. And it was interesting because we were down in LA um, filming for Cake Wars um, the first time, or no, the second time. And we were walking down Hollywood Boulevard down there, and there's another, you know, do-it-yourself cake studio that I came across down there. And it was really surprising because I was like, oh, somebody else had the idea and actually opened one up. So we went in there and checked it out. Um, and it was interesting because as after I left there, I was like, I need to open this in Utah. Like, this is such a genius idea, and somebody has already launched it and actually proven the concept. So... Now I don't have to worry too much about proving the concept itself. Um, but anyway, so we came back, kind of rethought out our own plan for it. And um, at the end of you know all 2019, I've been looking for a location. And I found a location here at the Shops at Riverwoods in Provo. And um, I guess just a quick um, explanation of, of the business and kind of description is, um, so we're we are a do-it-yourself cake and cupcake decorating studio. So basically, um, customers can come in, the cakes are already frosted, they're already covered in fondant um, as a blank canvas ready to decorate. So each customer gets a kit with fondant, buttercream, sprinkles, and then have access to all of our different tools um, to be able to decorate um, a cake right here in in our space. And so it's really meant to be a uh, entry-level cake decorating experience, essentially. So those that come in don't necessarily have to have um, cake um, baking or cake decorating experience. Um, but if they want to take that a step further, we also offer classes and workshops that we can teach people how to bake and teach people actually how to make the cakes if they want to kind of take it a step further. 
Very That's cool. awesome. It's a great idea. It when I when I first heard about it, it kind of reminded me of like the pottery, the do-it-yourself pottery classes and yeah, stuff. Totally. And it's a yeah, great idea to do it with cake and and then people can, you know, make their own cake for their celebrations if they want to make it a little more personal. So that's awesome. Yeah. And so how long has the studio been in business? Well, um, so it's been open. Um, so we opened it January 3rd of 2020. Um, and as you know, 2020 has been a very interesting year so far. Um, the first couple months in business were amazing. Um, were very great. Um, and we were in the process of, um, ramping up our business. And then, um, a lot of this, um, coronavirus, um, thing happened. And so we've had to close down our studio itself down, um, on, uh, March 16th. We, closed down just like most of the food businesses yeah. um, throughout um, Utah County and Salt Lake County. Um, but um, we quickly pivoted and decided to offer our do-it-yourself cake and cupcake kits um, for home delivery. And so we've been taking in um, orders online and then delivering our do-it-yourself um, cake and cupcake decorating kits um, to people's homes in Utah and Salt Lake County. So it's been a great first few months, but this has been a very unexpected um, challenge for us. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, boy, it's causing everybody to have to be way more flexible than they ever would have imagined. <laughs> yeah, totally. But that's great. I noticed um, I noticed on your Instagram that after you, I think it was the fir- after the first week of doing that, that you had had a pretty good week. So that's, I'm I'm glad it's working well, and I hope it continues to work well until we get through this and you can open your storefront again or your shop again. I know me too. Me too. I'm we're just trying to survive through this and probably the thing that makes me the most sad through this is just my employees cuz I don't have very much work for them cuz it's um we do have some orders coming through but I don't have as many hours as I had before this happened for yeah. them. So I'm trying to trying to get as many orders as we can so I can um, keep all my employees on staff and, and, and be able to pay them too. Yeah, it's really hard. Definitely a hard situation. But in that kind of... Speaking of yeah, hard. speaking of hard, there we go. Um, so what is like the favorite part of being a cake maker? What is the hardest part about being in the industry? What, what are your thoughts on those? Oh, that's interesting. Um probably the best part and the thing that never gets old for me um, is the joy that comes to the people that I make cakes for. And I'm sure you see this in your business as well. Um, Just being able to meet with a client and be able to find out what their needs are, what they want their cake to look like, um, get to know them a little bit, and then be able to deliver a cake or desserts um, to their specific event and be able to see their smile and their joy of how much they enjoy the cake. And that's something that I think all cake people um, really enjoy. But that's something I really love. I love uh, being a part of a business that spreads joy um, and promotes creativity. um, And everybody loves cake. And I think it's just, it's something that brings people a lot of joy. So that's something that I love. um, And I also love it as a creative outlet for myself. Um, I really like that part as well. Um, as for hard, I think the hardest thing for me through the years has been, um, and I know this is very common among, um, all, 
is just if you're trying to do cakes and actually make money, um, it's a very tough business to be in in that way to be able to price your cakes and your desserts properly um, so that you're not just wasting your time. Even if it's even if it's a creative endeavor and you're getting joy out of the creative endeavor part of it, um, if you're not charging enough for your cakes, then you're really not making any money and not being able to really grow a business. And so I think that's the biggest challenge I see um, in this industry and through you know the over 10 years that I've been selling cakes to people. Um, is that that's probably the biggest challenge. Amen. Pricing is such a tricky thing. And it's, it's so hard to, it's, it's hard for people who aren't in the industry to understand why you're charging what you're charging sometimes because they don't know all the behind the scenes stuff that that goes into deciding on prices. And I, I think that's a big challenge probably for almost everyone in cakes. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's a, I think it's an overall artist problem, honestly. Yeah, I, I think really you're think right. that most artists, no matter what type of art it is, I think we all face that same challenge. That's a good sure. point. Okay, so what tips or tricks do you have for pricing your cakes right? What have you learned over the years? Um, I think I've got a lot of thoughts on this, and that that could be like a whole separate podcast <laughs> um, episode. Um, But my main thoughts are, is number one, making sure that you track how much time it's taking you to do everything involved in the process of making that cake. Anything from going to the store, drawing out sketches, having conversations with the client, um, delivering, um, any time that goes into it. So tracking your labor of how much time actually goes into producing a cake And then also making sure that you track all your expenses as well, making sure that you know exactly where your money has been spent. Um, And then in addition to that, which is the hardest thing, is knowing what your time is worth and being able to figure that out. That's probably the biggest challenge, right, is is knowing how much to charge um, per hour for your work. Um, and that's there's all sorts of different strategies there, I think, um, that would probably take a lot of time to go into. But um, I think knowing, being able to choose for yourself how much you're wanting to make per hour. Um, and then once you have your, your cost and the amount of labor spent on that and then um, have those numbers, you then also, if you're trying to run a business, you've got to have some profit involved in your pricing as well. Because if you don't include a profit um, in your costing, then you're not going to be able to grow your business. You're essentially um, running a nonprofit business. And so that's, that's something that I've tried to make sure that I do with my pricing. Um, also, that's something I kind of learned a little bit the hard way because in the beginning of doing cakes, I would have it figured out where, um, okay, I can charge um, this amount of money it covers my costs, it's paying me X amount per hour, and I'm charging a little bit of profit for it, great, this is great. And then the challenge comes in, what if you hire somebody else to do that cake and you're not charging enough profit, then essentially you're making no money. And so those are maybe a couple little tips, um, is just making sure you track your expenses, track your time, and make sure you're having a little bit of profit um, in that pricing structure so that you can actually grow 
your business, um, even if it's a side business, making a little bit of money um, so that you can actually grow that by some new tools, by um, something that you've wanted um, for your cake tools for a while and be able to invest in your business and invest in the thing that you love. Definitely. And on that topic, I'm curious. So did you quit your corporate jobs? Like when, like when did you go full in and are you still full in or what, what's going on there? <laughs> you know, that's a really good question. Um, cause I've been back and forth. So from 2015 to 2018, I had a full-time job. And then when I opened up my storefront shop in 2015, I quit my job um, and worked um, just full-time doing cakes, weddings, catering, storefront shop um, until 2018. Um, so the end of 2018, after I quit my – or after I closed my shop down, I went back and got another corporate job um, back at my job that I had before. And um, I'm actually still there working right now. So – um, my plan was to leave there again, um, but then a lot of this um, coronavirus stuff happened. Yeah, yeah. And so now I'm grateful that I still have a full-time job to, that's bringing in um, enough money for my family, um, which is also nice for my business because then any you know I can I can pay my employees to to work on on these kits. Um, so right now I still have a full-time job. Um, my business is not bringing enough enough money to be able to fully support um, my business. Um, but the plan is hopefully once we get out of this quarantine life um, that we can um, get back into that and I can um, get back just doing this full-time. Yeah, for sure. So that's, I guess that's another insight too is that a lot of times, and I need to be better at this, but a lot of times when people see – other cake people on social media, um, posting their successes and things. Everybody thinks that, um, it's, you know, a business that makes a ton of money and that it's really easy to do and those kind of things. But the bottom line is it's such a challenge. And, um, sometimes, um, you're going to have to have a full-time job or a part-time job or a job that you don't like, um, while you're building your cake business up to the point where it can pay you money. But you're going to have to go through that period of time where you're going to have to have your cake business probably a little bit more of a side hustle until it gets to that point. Yeah, I love that because honestly, it's hard work what we're doing in the cake world. And it it can be hard to actually make it completely profitable and not have to do anything else. But yeah, I love that. I love that insight and in that sometimes you do just have to have it kind of be that side hustle until you can get to the point where it really is your your main income. And yeah, I, I also like the the whole pivot when you need to to make things work better for you and and even even take it have it take a back seat for a while and go back. Um, I'm 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 impressed with how hard you've worked at this. Clear back to when you got a textbook and were teaching yeah. yourself how to do desserts <laughs> out of a textbook. It's just um, it's it's cool to hear someone that loves this so much that they're that they're all in, even if they have to supplement it other ways. And so it's exciting to I don't know, I guess you're a good example for all of us yeah. out there that are <laughs> that are trying to make this work. You know, it's, it's hard sometimes. Yes. Well, that's awesome. OK, so now just kind of talking about products, what products can't you live without? What is necessary in your kitchen? Well, 
Um, I was able to fulfill one of my lifetime dreams of buying a piece of equipment that I've wanted for at least at least nine or ten years um, with my new studio. So we bought a Somerset sheeter, the large thirty-inch one, um, and it was a bit of an investment. They're almost I think they're forty-five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but with all the cakes that we cover for our for our cake creation studio, we needed to have something to help us roll out the fondant and everything. And so that is something that I could definitely not live without. That's that. And that's a bigger piece, but maybe onto a smaller piece of equipment or tool. Um, I like a lot of things. I have so many <laughs> fun favorite things. Once I get back up and you'll have to come check out my place. For sure. um, but I have a lot of favorite things. I mean, um, I love my sheeter. Um, I, I love, I just got a new airbrush set in, um, that I actually produced as a product that I'm making, and I'm just kind of going through some testing on it right now. Cool. Um, and that's a cordless airbrush. Um, so I really like that. That's one of my favorites, especially for deliveries, because it doesn't have cords and air hoses and all that kind of stuff. It has like a built-in air compressor on it. So that's one of my favorites right now, just because on deliveries or for videos, it's been very handy to have. Nice. So what would you say is the biggest blessing in your life because of cakes? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, it probably goes down to my comment a few minutes ago about a creative outlet for me. Um, I'm a very active person. Um, and very, um, it took me years and years to find out that like I was a creative person. I worked Um, I did, you know, I mentioned I've worked in marketing and advertising, which is, you know, there's some creativity there. Um, But once I was working in New York City, I was working in a marketing job and it was not utilizing any creativity at all. And that's kind of when it dawned on me that I really like love doing cakes um, and working in this industry is because, and so I would say probably the biggest blessing that it's been is that it's been a creative outlet um, that has helped me through many challenges. Um, it gives me an opportunity to be able to escape from um, the issues I'm having um, or any challenges that I'm having in my life. Um, I think any creative outlet is good for that. And I think caking has been very good for that. I know last week um, I was having a bit of a rough week just with all this stuff going on. And instead of sitting and worrying about it and and fretting and getting down in the dumps about it, um, I just decided to come over to my studio and just decorate a cake um, and do like a fun little project um, side display cake that I want to have on display in my studio and just work on something that I wanted to work on. And it was so great just to be able to sit, listen to music and just decorate a cake exactly how I wanted to and not think about anything else. And so I think in answer to that question, it's it's been a blessing to have a creative outlet to um, be able to escape from some of the some of the challenges that we face. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of us are going through that right now. As you look through some of the Instagram feeds of other bakers and stuff, it looks like a lot of people are doing a lot of creative things to try to keep their minds occupied during this this strange time we're living in. <laughs> so, Pete, do you have any other advice you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I would say my biggest advice is is just keep practicing and don't don't get down on yourself for little failures. If you bake a cake and it sinks, or if you 
make some make frosting and for some reason it falls apart like don't don't get down on yourself just keep trying try a different recipe ask your fellow bakers um of what you may have done wrong in your recipe don't be afraid to ask questions to people like myself i mean anybody can i i'm very on top of my dms on my on my Instagram and I'll get messages from people every once in a while. I'm like, Hey, like what would you do with this recipe? Like I'm so open to help people with stuff. And so I would say with people um, that are starting um, and that have a desire in baking, don't, don't be afraid to ask questions. I think most bakers would be very willing to, to provide um, help um, and assistance and tips and, in being able to grow some of those skills. I love that. Especially just, knowing about your cake creation studio it's clear that this passion is something that you want others to learn and to to be able to grow in the cake world and so i think that's so cool and it's so important in our industry that there are people like you who are wanting to help and who are are putting all of their time and energy into something that really will help other people find this creative outlet because honestly caking really is such a blessing and and it's so cool to see that you're wanting other people to discover that. And so I think I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it really is. And I appreciate that, too, because it, it demonstrates a, a more of a helpful attitude instead of a competitive attitude, which I think is just <clears throat> so important in our in in any artistic endeavor, really, because we're all going to be looking at things and doing things from a different a different perspective and so there really isn't a need to be competitive with each other we can all help each other and yeah. we can all succeed together yeah i i totally agree one one little thought with that is just that um i think there's plenty of business obviously right now we're facing an unprecedented time and challenge but um, when things get back to normal there's plenty of business plenty of weddings plenty of events that are going on that all of the cakers cakers and all exist at once and we can all really share best practices and help each other rather than be super competitive with yeah, each other. Yeah. We can all succeed together. Well, thanks Pete for joining us today. We're really excited that you were here and it was great to learn from you and um we would encourage all of you to go follow Pete. It's the Mighty Baker on Instagram and if you live in the area, go check out when we're not quarantined anymore. <laughs> go check out his cake creation studio. And yeah, thanks so much for coming. Hey, sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Pete. Wasn't that great? It's so cool to see what people's passions will do and the direction he's taking it that's different really than anyone else we've talked to. It's kind of fun to see these different ways that people creatively come up with to make cake a part of their lives and make it make it work for them so definitely we're really glad that we were able to talk to him and so for to, this week's challenge we were kind of inspired by what he was saying about pricing and how important it is to really focus and and get your numbers down so that you know exactly what you're doing and so for this week's challenge that's what we'd like everybody to do is Go through your numbers, figure out exactly how much it costs you to make a cake right down to the cake boards and the parchment paper and everything. Just figure out what your expenses are on a cake and make sure that you're pricing appropriately. Yeah, for sure. He mentions that he has about 10 years of, of cake history. <laughs> and so that is plenty of time to, to learn how to price yourself and and even still it's a journey for all of us even if we have been in the cake world for 
for years and years. But I think it's a thing that we can constantly be doing. I think prices change and and the talent that we have changes even. And so we need to price ourselves accordingly and yeah. and really understand what we're worth. I mean, as cake makers, we we do a lot of hard work and long hours on our feet and it's tiring for sure. And so we need to definitely hone in on on the time that we're spending, the ingredients, just every little thing our the, to the dowels. Yeah. And so people are paying for these memories and so I think it's okay to to price yourself like you feel you're worthy of. Yeah. So so that would be our challenge this week. Take a good look at your expenses, take a good look at all of your numbers and if you need to, make some adjustments in your pricing. And we would love to hear how it goes for all of you. If you end up having to make some changes in your pricing, we'd love to hear how that went and I'd love to hear if you were kind of surprised. Yeah. I remember when we first started, we thought we were pricing appropriately. We were making a little bit of money, but one day we were just like, are we doing okay at this? And so we sat down and we went through everything. I mean, for every single size of cake, we figured out from beginning to end what it costs us in ingredients, tools, everything. And we put it all out on the whiteboard and figured it all out and then figured out what we were charging and realized that we were barely breaking even. I mean, we were not charging enough. And so at that point we had to do a, a pretty decent adjustment course yeah. correction. And of course that was early on. And so I think even in our minds, we were like, okay, the dessert studio is just starting out. Like we want business. And so we can be cheaper than the other people, but it definitely comes to a point where you do need to realize, okay, I need to be charging a lot more to make this worthwhile. Yeah. And for a lot of people, this is just a hobby and that's great. But for those that this really is your income, I mean, you need to, you need to do what you need to do. For sure. Or you'll be pricing yourself right out of having a business because it, it will be unsustainable if you're not charging the right amount. So take a good hard look, be really, be really truthful and honest with yourself about what you're spending and what you can afford to sell your cakes for and then make any adjustments that you need to. Yeah. And another thing with that is look around at other cake makers near you. I mean, each state, each city is very different, but look around at the people closest to you and figure out what they're charging and kind of kind of work together as a team to evaluate pricing. I mean, if you want to reach out to a cake maker near you and kind of go back and forth on why they charge what they do. And I mean, this really is a community that we have. And so as cake makers, I think I think that's something that we can do as well. Just work together to make our pricing what it needs to be and learn from each other. Like, why do you charge this much? Like, yeah. what, what do you do? And honestly, if you have questions, we are more than happy to put it out there for the cake community too on our Instagram or whatever. So don't hesitate to ask us questions and we're happy to help wherever we can too. Absolutely. We want everyone out there who's doing this to be as successful as possible and to be happy in what they're doing. And the best way to do that is to be able to look at things and know you're doing the right thing, going yep. in the right direction. For so. sure. But we are super excited for next Tuesday when we will be talking to Julie Defense. And her story is kind of interesting because she is both in Portugal and Florida. So she is running cake businesses in both locations. And I'm, I'm super excited to hear how she manages it and the differences in each place. And, and her work is just incredibly intricate, incredibly just 
detailed and beautiful. And it's so amazing. We are so excited to talk to her. And yeah. Yeah. So join us next week when we talk to Julie Defense. And we just want to thank all of you for joining us today, for listening and for sharing your stories with us. We also want to thank Corey, our producer. And we would invite you to join us again next week when we continue to talk cake. Hey, everyone. This is producer Corey. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. Also, subscribe to the podcast and follow the Let's Talk Cake podcast on Instagram so you don't miss out on any content. If you do the challenge this week, tag the podcast in your post and we'll share it in the next episode. Thanks again. We'll see you next Tuesday.